Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Eckelbarger. Wednesday is always better with the Bob Hope Show. This is episode number 502, and it originally aired on October 2nd, 1951. Here now is Bob Hope with his special guests, Jane Russell and Bing Crosby. Get Curry's Chocolates at your neighborhood Curry's Ice Cream and Candy Store. Direct from the U.S. Naval Station at Long Beach. With Wes Brown and his band of renown. For Chesterfield's yours truly, High Aberback. Our special guests, Jane Russell and Bing Crosby. And here he is, Bob Hope! Thank you very, very much. It's nice being here for the Navy, picking up a little cigarette money. <laughs> and it's really a thrill to be back on radio this year. In fact, it's even a thrill to think that radio is back this year. <laughs> you know, this year, for a joke, the sponsor printed my contract on Chesterfield cigarette paper. But before I could get hold of it, it blew into the rolling machine. <laughs> so please, folks, before you light up, look at your Chesterfield. You may be smoking my future. But I'm thrilled to be back for Chesterfield. Chesterfield also has Perry and Bing, you know, Como and Bromo. <laughs> of course, Bing's a natural for a tobacco show with that pouch. And Arthur Godfrey. <laughs> and Arthur Godfrey, that's Fort Knox with freckles, he also sells Chesterfield. <laughs> Incidentally, the Navy Department gave Godfrey a commission. They had to. He threatened to buy his own Navy. <laughs> But I'm glad to be back working for Chesterfields, even though I didn't know until the last minute they were signing me. You never saw a contract with so many butts. They took... <laughs> they took so long making up their minds. They took so long making up their minds, I thought I finally... <laughs> they were going to change the name of the cigarette to Eisenhower's. But anyway... <laughs> see, they took so long making up their minds that they... I finally caught them with their cartons down, and I'm here to say that <laughs> I'm here to say that Chesterfields is a wonderful cigarette, and they really satisfy. Well, I'd rather smoke a Chesterfield and have a date with Jane Russell. <laughs> I'm getting punchy, ain't I? <laughs> Sounds like I was in that fight too. <laughs> of course, everything that happens in Hollywood is exaggerated. Hollywood is always in the news. Just this week, uh, the senators objected to the Air Force hiring Frankie Lane to recruit men. I can't understand their objection. I think Frankie Lane might change the Army routine for the better. Instead of waking up the G.I.s with a bugle, he'll have Jezebel go around and nudge everybody. <laughs> and using big entertainers could help the recruiting program, but it might cause some confusion. Imagine a poster with a picture of Dagmar in a sweater and underneath it in big letters, The Army Builds Men. <laughs> and if they use Esther Williams for recruiting, the Army would run and join the Navy. 
See, she swims, you know. <laughs> Took so long making up their minds, I thought they were going to change the name of the cigarette to Eisenhower. <laughs> but I do want to thank... I do want to thank the Chesterfield Company for giving me this opportunity to entertain you wonderful Navy people. And I want to thank Captain Heine. I had dinner with the captain tonight, and he really believes in tradition. I accidentally spilled my soup on him, and he went down with the table. <laughs> thank you, friends. Every day, thousands and thousands of smokers are doing what I'd like you to do today, or tomorrow for sure. They're changing to Chesterfield because Chesterfield gives every smoker something new, something no other cigarette has. Chesterfield mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste. You folks who smoke Chesterfields know all about that mildness. You people who haven't tried them yet, listen to what the men who grow tobacco say. 1,562 prominent tobacco growers say Chesterfields are milder. Chesterfields have a milder aroma that tells you Chesterfields smoke milder. And take it from me, they are milder, and Chesterfields leave no unpleasant aftertaste. One of the world's greatest industrial research organizations reported that Chesterfield is the only cigarette of all brands smoked and examined that leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. So folks, next time you buy cigarettes, try Chesterfield. Get something new, something no other cigarette has. Chesterfield mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste. Get all the pleasure there is while you smoke. Plus, the pleasure of no unpleasant aftertaste. Try them. You'll like them. Say, thank you, Hi. That was great. Why don't you run across the street and get yourself some coffee? Coffee? Yeah, take Les Brown and the whole band with you. I can handle the show from here by myself. <laughs> aren't, you, uh, aren't you a little obvious, Bob? Jane Russell's on the show tonight, and you want her all to yourself. Why are you so selfish about girls? Well, my psychiatrist says I have a neurosis stemming from a prenatal avaricious aberration that lies dormant in the evanescence of my subconscious. <laughs> uh, what does that mean in plain English? <laughs> now, come on, all you guys get lost. Oh, Bob, you have to be like that about Jane. Why are you so afraid to bring a pretty girl out while us fellas are here? Hi, let me put it this way. If I had to walk through a lion's den, would I wear hamburger earrings? <laughs> Besides, I happen to know... <laughs> Besides, I happen to know I'm a big favorite with Jane Russell. The other day, the elevator at Paramount was full of handsome leading men, and I was the only one she spoke to. Really? What did she say? Let me out at the third floor. <laughs> On the way out, knock on Jane's door and tell her Poochie is waiting, will you? <laughs> That's what she calls me. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Well, I happen to know she calls her Cocker Spaniel the same thing. That's what she used to call her Cocker Spaniel, till so I proved I could bring back a rubber ball much faster. <laughs> okay, if that's the way you want to be. Gee, I hope I can get Jane to really notice me. I spent all afternoon getting ready. Well, I get rid of Les Brown and High. Now, if everything goes all right, it'll be clear sailing. Come in, come in, you beautiful doll. Okay, shall I flutter my eyelashes? Oh, <laughs> Crosby! Thank you, thank you. Well, what are you doing here? Who invited you? Nobody. This is right on my beach, Long Beach. A lot of good ocean fishing down here, boy. Oh, working in the cannery again this year, huh? <laughs> oh, now, Rob, you can do better than that. Easy, frogman. Look, I'm busy. No, 
honorable thanks for the service. We're very busy here. Why don't you go somewhere and count Gary's royalties? <laughs> oh, no, you don't. You don't do that to me. I'm going to stick around here for the main event. I saw that sign outside that said Jane Russell tonight. For me, that's for don't me. Don't get too excited, Dad. Your corpuscles will think you're living again. <laughs> I hate to disillusion you, Fletcher, but Jane isn't here tonight. No? No. So turn off your ignition. We changed our plans. <laughs> Since we're at the Navy base, we're playing host to one of the older servicemen. Really? Yes. Yeah, I'd like to get a look at the old boy. I just passed his dressing room and I got a whiff of Chanel number five. <laughs> well, he used to be on the SS Missouri, and you know how... <laughs> And you know how Truman pampers those fellas. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a punchline came in sections. <laughs> so you see, all that's, all that's going to happen is we're going to have this old veteran on the show. Wow, well, I'm glad you told me. If Mr. Russell isn't here, there's no use my sticking around. I'll be seeing you. Huh? Okay, so long. Hey, Bob, here I am back again. Do you want me to bring Jane Russell out now? Oh, uh, huh. Hi. Have you ever considered having your mouth laced up and selling that pointed head for a football? Well, did I say something harmful? No, not if your mother's still holding your place in line at the unemployment office. Ah, <laughs> oh, don't worry, hi. I'll take care of you. Hi, if old Dungeon Pockets fires you, you can come over and work on my show. <laughs> oh, could I, sir? Yes, sir. You, you mean you'll take me away from all this? Certainly. Just consider it my contribution to the crusade for freedom. <laughs> On my show, you'll be your own boss. Oh, gee, you mean I can have my initials monogrammed on my shorts? What's on them now? The Bob Hope Show on every Tuesday night. Don't miss him. He's a wow. <laughs> this lad has the sterling qualities that... Well, Jane, come in. Thank you, everyone. Hi, Bing. Hi, Jane. My, the ancient veterans are getting better looking every year. <laughs> and how are you, Poochie? <laughs> Jane, I'll have to apologize for the presence of Saggy here. He wasn't invited. He wasn't really invited. He came in on the Grunion run. Bob, I'm always glad to see both of you boys, and you know it. Yeah, but think how much better it would if he weren't here, you and I alone. Jane, we go together like Anthony and Cleopatra, Romeo and Juliet, Artie Shaw and anybody. <laughs> hey, Jane, you'll, you'll forgive me for asking, but uh, what is a beautiful star like you doing on this low-class clam bake here with vacuum talent? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see, Bob promised me a highly dramatic role if I appeared on the show tonight. Yeah. I'm to be the star of the play. Oh, well, heaven knows I'm not one to be suspicious, but exactly what is he trying to rope you into? Well, he said the play is a saga of a beautiful woman's loneliness. Mm -hmm. It's called The Lighthouse Keeper's Daughter. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> Unquestionably, he's the lighthouse keeper. <laughs> I'm the lighthouse. <laughs> Boy, you got you got the beacon for it. <laughs> Say, people, I'm sure I'm sure this little drama would establish new heights in the theater, but I don't see how we'll have time for it. 
Because you see, perceiving an opportunity for a plug, I thoughtfully brought along a scene from my current cinema smash, Here Comes the Groom. Ooh, I saw that picture, Bing, and I loved it. Well, thank you. I, I rather liked it myself. You know, the music was excellent. It had quite a good score. And your voice was never better. Thank you again. Awful lonesome in this lighthouse. <laughs> Bob, don't you think that at this point a gracious host would ask Bing to sing something? Well, don't embarrass him, Jane. Bing can't sing alone anymore. His voice is too weak. Too weak? Yeah, he can't get his tonsils to stand up until he gargles with Karn's cornstarch. <laughs> I better do something with mine, don't you? I like cornstarch. That's fun, too. <laughs> the other night, he and Mel Torrey sang a duet together. With Mel pulling and Bing pushing, they finally managed to get the Mockingbird halfway up the hill. I will give the lie. I'll give the lie to that bass canard here now by knocking out a big fat chorus of a song called Cool, Cool, Cool of the Evening. I think I know the words. Well, sail, fat so a lot of these fellas are used to combat, so go ahead. Lad. In the cool, cool, cool of the evening, tell them I'll be there. In the cool, cool, cool of the evening Save your pappy a chair When the party gets the glow on And singing fills the air In the shack of the night when the dunes are right Well, you can tell them I'll be there Sue wants a barbecue Sam wants a boiler ham Grace votes for booger bass too Jake wants a weenie baked steak and a layer cake. He'll get a tummy ache too. We rent a tent or a teepee. Let the town crier cry. And if it's RSVP, this is what I'll reply. In the cool, cool, cool of the evening, tell them I'll be there. In the cool, cool, cool of the evening. Flick them on my hair And when the party's getting the glow on Singing fills the air If I'm still on my feet and there's something to eat Well, you can tell them I'll be there We said the bumblebee, let's have a jubilee When said the prairie hen, soon short Said the dinosaur, where said the grizzly bear Under the light of the moon How about your brother, Jackass? Everyone gaily cries You coming to the fracas And over his specs he sighs In the cool, cool, cool of the evening Tell them we'll be there If they want a castle of deadhead So to fracture their affair Now when the party's getting the glow on And singing fills the air if there's gas in my hack and my laundry is back If you need a new face or a tenor or a bass If I can find the right sock by 11 o'clock In the shank of the night when the fix is a fight If I can climb out of bed and put a head on my head But well, you can tell her we'll be there Yes, sir, that's wonderful, Bing. That's from Here Comes the Goon, huh? Here comes... Oh, I say, uh... <laughs> 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 
Say, you know, fellas, everywhere I go, I find the Chesterfields are more popular than ever before. Oh, would that we could say the same for you, Robert. <laughs> Buy it, Crosby. And get to selling Chesterfields before we're both back driving a cab, huh? Well, fellas, it's true. Chesterfield is on the move everywhere you go. For example, take our colleges and universities. At Northwestern, a leading smoke shop reports Chesterfield sells two packs to one of any other brand. At Cornell and Princeton, Chesterfields lead three to one. And Chesterfield leads three to one at famous restaurants and night spots like Toot Shore back in New York and Ciro's out here in Hollywood. Wonder how we're doing right here in Long Beach, uh, Brother Bob? Well, we'll find out. How about it, Navy? Tell us. Just as I thought, Bing. Well, then what are we waiting for, Bob? Let's sound off for Chesterfield. Chesterfield's around the moon with something smokers all approve. Go north, go south, go east, go west. It's Chesterfield you like the best. Sound off. For Chesterfield. Sound off. For Chesterfield. Try a pack of Chesterfield. Do it. Today! Science discovered what you can prove. You'd better get into the smoking groove. But Chesterfield now sets the pace with no one pleasant after taste. Chesterfield. 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 Milder, 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 milder Chesterfield. That's right! And now hear this and get it straight. Chesterfields are really great. Buy the pack or buy the carton. Your smoking fun will just be right. So here's what we want you to do. Right now! Yes, here's what we want you to do. Right now! Come on, fellas. Sound off. Sound off. Try a pack of Chesterfield. Do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it goes without saying that we're happy to be back doing these shows and telling you about Chesterfield. Tonight's show marks the beginning of autumn and the end of a perfect summer. An almost perfect summer. The vacation interlude was not without its mishaps, Robert. Remember, you fell into the Gunnison River in Colorado. Yeah, that's right, Bing. And if it hadn't been for Dr. Light down there, I, you know, I came very close to drowning. Oh, yes, it was almost a perfect summer. <laughs> Quiet, or I'll tell everybody what the doctors found when they opened you up for appendicitis. <laughs> what a place to hide a coffee can full of dimes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and don't think falling in that Gunnison River was a joke. Just how did it happen, Bob? Well, it's quite a story, Jane. I was a long way from civilization, and I noticed a little general store, so I walked in. There was an old codger in there, about 80 years old, and... Well, how do you do? Well, how to do to you, stranger. <laughs> Are you acting or keeping the eggs warm till the hen gets back? <laughs> Look, Grandpa, is there any fishing around here? Yep. Good fishing? Fair to middling. Trout? Well, for them as can catch them. For them as can catch them, huh? Well, I'm a fisherman in spite of these city clothes. In fact, I never miss. I don't miss very often myself. <laughs> Look, where can I find a fishing guide around here? Why, well, I'm the fishing guide. <laughs> you are? That's right Well, fine Where's the river? <laughs> you know, I've been the guide around here five years And you're the first one to ask where the river is <laughs> Well, all right, let's go I'll see you later, daughter 
Well, here we are, all alone. You better get started fishing. You know, you won't, they won't bite unless you put something on the hook. Okay. Hey, what's that big thing swimming around in the live bait tank? That's Father. He likes to keep an eye on me. <laughs> oh, isn't it romantic, drifting along in the river like this? How about a kiss? No, no, no. Stay where you are. Oh, don't stand up in the boat. Whoops! Oh! Oh! What happened, daughter? Dad, that's Bob Hope. It is! And I can't reach him with the oar. Well, don't worry, I can. Oh! <laughs> got him, got him by granite. Let's go, daughter. Why are you rowing to shore so fast? I don't want anybody to get the Paramount ahead of us and collect the reward. <laughs> That's the whole story, Jane. Quite an experience, Robert. Almost as embarrassing as the little episode that occurred to me in that Canadian hotel. Yes, I read about you getting thrown out of that hotel, Bing. How could the hotel clerk possibly have thought you were a bum? Well, they show us pictures up there, too. <laughs> Nothing of the kind, Chadwick. A friend of myself had just come back to town after a little fishing and hunting. I, I hadn't shaved for a few days, so I had quite a crop of alfalfa. We walked into the lobby... Uh, Bing, uh, don't you think we look pretty crummy to be going into a first-class hotel? We look like hobos. Oh, tut, 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 doesn't bother me. I know, you're used to it. <laughs> I want to get... I want to get cleaned up. We've got to get these trout into deep freeze. Okay, but you talk to the clerk. Service here. Service, please. Uh, will you ring in that bell? Oh, I say now, come now. Get out of here, you bum. <laughs> we don't cater to tramps. Yeah, know. steady. Forget the whiskers. Don't you know who I am? No, but I'll wager you're not the president of the Airwick Company. <laughs> now, will you please get out of here at once? The wallpaper is starting to peel. Now, be off. <laughs> be off, you bounder. Now, wait, wait, wait a minute. We've got some fish to have to go in the hotel icebox. Look at you. Your appearance is frightful. Just look at those long, unkempt sideburns. Sideburns? Those are too tight. I couldn't get in my pocket. <laughs> Mister, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd be a little more courteous. I've got an idea. Why didn't I think of this before? <clears throat> Listen. Now, do you know who I am? Mary Olanza's grandmother? <laughs> hey, look, now we got to get a place to stay tonight. Call the manager. Wait till he finds out who I am, boy. Well, when the manager found out who you were, that did it, Bing. I knew the hotel wouldn't throw you out. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're all set. Look at the size of this place. And the fish can't spoil now. Oh, quiet. I'm tired. Pick out a block of ice. Let's go to sleep, huh? <laughs> oh, Bing, they didn't actually put you in the hotel refrigerator. On the square they did, Jane, and that temperature was really low. It was so cold in there, my hair stood on end. Oh, what a pitiful... <laughs> What a pitiful sight, the poor little thing standing there, shivering. <laughs> I choose to ignore that. Now, Jane, you know, I wouldn't have gotten into that scrape in the North Country if it hadn't been for you. Did you know that? Me? Of course. I went up there to heal my injured pride, lick my wounds, after I found out that you were making another picture at Paramount with Jasbo here instead of me. <laughs> How come? Well, to tell you the truth, I'd like to be in a picture with both of you boys. 
You know, one of the road pictures. Well, see, I think we can oblige, Jane. Let's see, where, uh, where could we make a road to? Hmm? Well, I've always wanted to play a southern bell. Well, that's for us. Pull up a bale of cotton and we're off on the road to New Orleans. Enchanting New Orleans. It's the year 1900. Down at the levee, the show on the showboat is over, and it is moving out into the Mississippi. Janie, the beautiful star of the show, is leaning on the rail of the upper deck, enjoying the moonlight. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's you again. Now, you've got to make up your mind and give me an answer. Oh, you just think you're in love with me. Why don't you quit following me up and down the river? Well, that's not easy without a boat. <laughs> besides, besides, sir, this showboat life isn't for you. But anyway, I've already given my heart to Blue Chips Crosby, the gambler. There he is over there. <laughs> over there at the roulette table. Place your bets, everybody, and try your luck. <laughs> Step up and beat me, folks. I'm as helpless as a hound dog in a hog wallow. <laughs> I'll take any bets from silver dollars to black ideas. <laughs> Hasn't he got a real southern accent? Yeah, sounds like Chloe stepped on it with a wet foot. <laughs> Play us your best. Janie, would you like me better if I were a gambling man? Well, I might. Okay, I'm going right over there and getting that game. Get your chips down, gentlemen, before the wheel spins. Plenty of numbers for everybody. I'm plunking down $10,000 here on number 12. Uh, I'm plunking down $20,000 on number 17. Well, I'm laying my platinum watch of $15,000 on number 24. All set, gentlemen. Now, oh, pardon me, mister. Yeah, yes. I'm a little superstitious. Just for luck, would you mind turning my bed over so the buffalo is up? You can spin the wheel any time now. Just take your bet off the board. We don't, we don't <laughs> cotton to you cheap Yankees around here. <laughs> Yankees? I want you to know that I'm from the South and I'm proud of it. So's the North. <laughs> I don't, I don't take that kind of talk from anybody. Very well, sir. I'll be glad to give you satisfaction on the field of honor. Always a pleasure to fight a duel. I'll fight a duel with you right here and now, Blue Chips, but I want my choice of weapons. Well, very well. What weapon do you choose? I'll whisper it to you. Hey, Oh, Why, you can't mean it. I, I do. I'd fight you with swords, pistols, even hatches at two paces, but this is inhuman. What about the innocent bystanders? You heard me. I chose the weapon, and that's it. All right, but it'll be ghastly. If you're ready, gentlemen, take six steps away from each other and turn. Okay. Come, Come on, on to my house, my house. Come on. Come on to my house, my house. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's your chance to have a world premiere in your own home. Someone, maybe you, will have the world premiere of Paramount's My Favorite Spy, starring Bob Hope and Hedy Lamar in his or her home sometime in December. Bob Hope will also be there in person as host at a dinner for the winner. The contest is open to everyone all over the world, and Bob Hope has personally invited servicemen overseas to participate. The award will be made to the person who writes the best letter explaining why I would like to have My Favorite Spy 
premiered in my home. Send your letter to Bob Hope Contest, Hollywood 38, California. Hold on high, that's not all. For you folks listening to our Chesterfield program tonight, there's an extra special contest. Just drop me a note, Bob Hope, NBC, Hollywood, California, telling me why Chesterfield is your favorite cigarette. If the judges say your letter is best, you and your wife, husband, or friend will be my guests at the world premiere of My Favorite Spy. Of course, you've got to be a smoking age, and you must be a real Chesterfield smoker, but I know that most of you are anyway. So start those letters coming in right away, telling me why Chesterfield is your favorite cigarette. Both contests will end midnight, October 31st. All letters remain the property of Bob Hope, and the decision of the judges will be final. The winners will be announced on Bob Hope's Chesterfield program Tuesday, November 6th. Oh, thanks for the memories This Long Beach Naval Base You received us with such grace The men you train have nerve and brain To help the human race And we thank you so much That wraps it up for tonight, folks Want to thank Bing and Jane And remember what we told you about Chesterfields And try them today Get Chesterfield mildness, plus no unpleasant aftertaste. Only Chesterfield has it. So, sound off for Chesterfield. Sound off for Chesterfield. Sound off for Chesterfield. Try a pack of Chesterfields. Do it. Today. to the Bob Hope Show next week from Camp Pendleton with our special guests, Teddy Lamar and Jerry Colonna. Jane Russell is currently starring in RKO's This Kind of Woman. Chesterfield has brought you the Bob Hope Show, written by Marvin Fisher, Norman Sullivan, and Larry Klein. Transcribed direct from Long Beach, California. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Have you noticed how much more Bing Crosby has done guest spots on the Bob Hope Show since both Bing and Bob have Chesterfield Cigarettes as their sponsor? I guess they want to uh, cross-publicize or whatever you would call it as much as they possibly can to sell as many cigarettes as they can. Uh, what an extraordinary, extraordinary thing uh, the way they were selling cigarettes back in 1951, even having the audience chant along with them. Uh, just just extraordinary in uh, to, to look at the history of advertising and, and where it's come from. <laughs> I, I find it very entertaining. Hopefully you do too. Well, the other guest, Jane Russell, was born Ernestine Jane Geraldine Russell in 1921. In 1940, at the tender age of 19, Jane Russell was signed to a seven-year movie contract by Howard Hughes himself, the eccentric millionaire businessman, pilot, inventor, and movie mogul. Her first film was The Outlaw. 
Now, it was filmed in 1941, right after she was signed, but it was not released until 1943. Because, and, and even then, the 1943 release was only a, a limited one. The general release didn't happen until 1946. And all of this delay was because the censor, censorship board did not like the overtly sexualized way that she was pictured in the movie's promotional materials. Now, on our website under the show notes, I have a, a couple of pictures of Jane Russell there, and one of them is from the movie poster uh, or photogra uh, photograph taken for the movie poster of The Outlaw. And you can certainly see uh, what Jane Russell looks like there. Russell's early career was certainly enhanced by her body and her looks. At five foot seven, her measurements were 38, 24, 36. Her, Bob Hope once introduced her as the two and only Jane Russell. He also made another joke, culture is the ability to describe Jane Russell without moving your hands. Howard Hughes is reported to have said, there are two good reasons why men go to see her. Those are enough. Well, she was certainly a popular pinup photo girl with the servicemen during World War II. Now, speaking later in life about her sex appeal, Russell said, sex appeal is good, but not in bad taste. Then it's ugly. I don't think a star has any business posing in a vulgar way. I've seen plenty of pinup pictures that have sex appeal, interest, and allure, but they're not vulgar. They have a little art to them. Marilyn's calendar was artistic. She was referring to a calendar one of her co-stars, Marilyn Monroe, had done. Well, her film career really took off in 1948 when she was cast opposite Bob Hope in The Pale Face. In the next few years, she did a number of film noir movies and then was teamed with Hope again in 1952 for The Son of Pale Face. And then in 1953, she was starred with Marilyn Monroe in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which is another huge hit. Throughout the 50s, she made a number of movies, but she also branched out more into singing. Now, probably the last thing you would think of a bombshell like Jane Russell doing would be singing gospel music, but she did, and successfully too. Jane Russell, Connie Haynes, Beryl Davis, and Della Russell, not related to, to Jane Russell, formed a quartet. Now, these ladies were all part of a large Bible study group that Jane Russell had started in her home called the Hollywood Christian Group. A lot of A-listers attended that Bible study. I mean, Hollywood sure changed a lot since 1950, right? Well, this quartet made a couple of records, and their single, Do Lord, reached number 27 on the Billboard singles charts in 1954. It sold 2 million copies. Well, the whole I guess the whole world's changed a lot since 1954, huh? Well, later, Della Russell left the group, and Rhonda Fleming, another bombshell, joined. Now, in the show notes, I have a link to a YouTube video of these four ladies with Rhonda Fleming, uh, Connie Haynes, Beryl Davis, and Jane Russell singing a medley of songs uh, from a TV show. I'm not sure what the TV show was. It, it doesn't say on the YouTube video, but uh, part of the medley is that song, Do Lord, which, uh, sold, like I said, sold two million copies. Well... From the 1960s into the 1980s, she made many appearances on TV, in guest roles, and in commercials. 
Jane Russell died in 2011. She was 89. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. And as far as the Aldrich family on Mondays and the Bob Hope Show on Wednesdays, you're going to have to take about a month off from any new episodes because I'm taking a month off to do some traveling. So see you back with Bob Hope and the Aldrich family in October and, of course, on Friday for the life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of W.E.B. Dubois, education must not simply teach work, it must teach life.